I, I, I want to steal William Sunder and ask a, a meta question from the Tony and Colin episode. Um, I thought this one was also somewhat of a random pairing, but I did think that the whole Tony and his family dynamic and Colin and his dog dynamic, while a little bit cheesy, was at least kind of interesting. Um <laughs> Especially with, <laughs> Wait, whole, are, are you being uh, serious? Are you, are you being serious? Is this a joke or are you serious? I'm genuinely asking. No, I'm like um, 30% serious, 70% sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> Just um, to make sure. I do think there is a little bit something there. We, there's a lot of golf narrative about guys getting married and how that affects their play. Guys having their first kid and how how that affects their play. Does it affect their play positively or does it affect their play negatively? I think that is somewhat interesting. And to hear Colin talk about how like he has to be super control freak over everything. And he can't imagine what it would be like to travel with five kids who he can't control anything. I, th- I do think that there is something there to, to talk about, but Tony made a comment that I, w- I would like to, to start a little bit of discussion on. And he really takes a lot of pride in, in being a great father and a great husband. It's something that I really respect about him. Um, and, and, and makes me root for him even more than I, than I did before watching this episode. But he asked the question, I want to be great at golf and I want to be a great husband and a great father. And I don't understand, like, why can't I have both? And I immediately thought about Tiger. That's, and I immediately thought about how dedicated Tiger was to his craft and how honestly a, a little bit psychotic Tiger was about golf and how obsessed he was with it and what he had to give up in his personal life to be able to achieve that. And so I pose the question, is it possible to be great and have it all to be a great husband, to be a great father, to have a balanced personal life? Is that even, even possible? Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, first off, I, I'm not sure if I would use, I would say tiger, Sacrifice a lot of things. I think he sacrificed being a good husband for having a couple mistresses. (laughs) No, I totally get what you're saying though, Caleb. I think that I I thought it was a waste of a good question on Tony Finau. I thought, hey, is this a distraction? I thought they could have applied that to basically anything that any player faced. Um, And when they said Tony Finau is having your family at every tournament a distraction. Okay, it may be a distraction to someone who's an outsider, but if your family coming to every tournament is normal for you, then that's normal. That's not a distraction. That's just part of your life. I thought that was kind of silly. You see, well, not 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 to cut you off, William, but like <clears throat> that is one of the made up storylines of this show. Like, not once had I ever heard anything from any golf media personality that's, ever. That's the point that I'm about saying. Tony's yeah. family being a distraction. Like that is just something they made up. For, exactly. Like a story. Exactly. I think the 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 storyline that was really interesting was how he is. I mean, he's one of the blue collar players, right? He comes from a family that he he wasn't a country club kid. He um, practiced hitting balls in the garage. You know. Um, and I, I, I think that was a really neat story to see and that with everything that he's faced in his life, with the passing of his mom and this passing of his father-in-law, I think it's his father-in-law, I could be wrong there, um, like how that's brought this family together and he's playing golf to provide for his family and that they're all close. Like, and he's a great golfer who hasn't won a lot. 
that's the end of the story. There's not a reason why he hasn't won a lot. I mean, he just hasn't. And I mean, we can go back to the confidence and mentality question. I think that might apply there, but um, I really, I think that's, I, I just thought it was kind of a waste of time talking about is your family a distraction? I think they could have moved on from that, but I mean, when you are a guy and you have, you know, a lot of kids, I mean, I don't want to say a lot of kids, you have more kids than, you know, some other players who may just have like their wife or their girlfriend or their fiance coming with them on tour. That's different. Um, and just because it's different doesn't mean it's, it's a distraction. That's really all I have to say on that. Caleb, to answer your question, like, I think Tony Finau's proof that you, you can have both. Um, it, regardless of whether people say he doesn't win enough or doesn't close the deal enough, like Tony Finau is truly one of the best golfers in the world, a top 15 player in the world. He has every ability to win major championships. It wouldn't surprise me to see him win multiple in his career. And I don't think his family holds him back from doing that, you know? Oftentimes, I think like, and there, and there are sacrifices that come with being a professional golfer. Of course, there are time sacrifices. There are travel sacrifices. This this series explores a lot of those things, right? But tell me any other job that doesn't require some kind of sacrifice when it comes to personal life, or tell me any job that isn't affected when you need to put more time into your personal life outside of work. The reality is, like every job ever, in some way, is going to both impact your personal life and be impacted by your personal life. And maybe those considerations are a little bit different, you know, for a professional golfer versus someone like me who, you know, works in an office and like sits at a desk, right? Like maybe that's just a little bit different, right? At the same time, like there's no, I, we talked about it a bit with Scotty too. I think some of it kind of comes like from a faith background as well. Obviously Tony Finau, I touch on his faith a little bit in the show too, you, you know, like there is a certain priority as far as taking care of family and taking care of those around you and making sure you treat people right. And I don't think that is mutually exclusive with being really, really, really good at golf and being one of the best in the world. And some people really might disagree with that. They might say it makes someone soft or lack of killer instinct, which have been criticisms of Tony Finau in the past. But again, I, th I think about someone like Justin Thomas and they explore his great relationship with his father and his mother and his wife, like in that first episode. And JT is commonly associated with having a killer instinct and being kind of like someone who can get on a course and just lock it in and lock down tournaments. And how so do you me, know you, and how do you know you're really good at golf? You you play professionally and you make a lot of money. <laughs> so right, but but my point is even even from like a from a winning perspective, if that's the knock on Finau, and that's like the reason why we say oh, he can't have this super close relationship with his family and be one of the best players in the world. I don't know. Look at a Justin Thomas, another person with great strong family connections. They're on the road with him. He's won a bunch. So to answer your question, Caleb, it's my opinion that you can have both. And I applaud Tony Finau in his pursuit of both because it's important to be a good man and to be good in your career. And I think he's doing that. And again, I always root for Tony. He always seemed like a nice guy. Man, this just affirmed that. I cannot wait to see him win more. I, I really can. Uh, so I let me be clear about two things. First of all, if I if I had to pick between Tony Finau's great golf even the wins that he's had so far and the family that he has and all of the balance that he has in his life versus the package of being 
the one of the top two golfers ever, but having a disastrous family life and personal life outside of golf, I would definitely take Tony's life. You know, I would, I would give up whatever, you know, what, whatever it takes to be, you know, number one in the world for five consecutive years to have a great relationship with my wife and a great relationship with my kids. However, I don't think that you can look at a guy like Tiger and envy his success without also realizing that part of the factors that made him that successful is that he cared so much about golf and he was able to singularly focus. I think Randall Shamley made some comment about how during the 2019 masters, which ironically, Tony Finau was in the same final pairing as Tiger and, and Tiger basically wouldn't talk to Tony the whole round because <laughs> Tony has never been as focused, as singularly focused on anything as Tiger was on winning for four hours. And I think that that takes a very, very different kind of human being. And it's very easy to look at the success Tiger's had, and it is important to admire it. He deserves the admiration and the praise that he gets for being arguably the greatest ever. However, you can't separate what made him great with what also made him have multiple mistresses. Like, like those are not separate things. Like, I'm not, maybe uh, Scotty Scheffler is, is the one person who can kind of uh, be a counterpoint to what I'm saying here. But also, Scotty is not Tiger. Scotty is not completely dominating the rest of the golf world. Like we ever saw Tiger do, but and but, but my question is, it, sorry, go ahead. I'll finish. finish there's there's a difference between being really really good, even being top ten or top five, and completely dominating, and achieving absolute greatness. Like those are different things, and maybe what Tony was asking: Can you be great as in? win a few times and maybe win one or two majors and, and have the rest of your life. Okay. Maybe, maybe you can have that, but I don't think Tiger can have his career that he had and also have it all on the personal side because he had to be completely focused on golf, which meant he had to care about golf more than he cared about being a good husband. So you're saying they had different mentalities about golf. Yes, I, and and, and that was part of, and that was my whole point earlier, and that Tiger had a different mentality, which led him to spend every waking second on the putting green in his backyard, working well, on his craft, maybe, and, or, or with one of his mistresses. Or, <laughs> I mean, well, or, say, like, seriously, or, think. I mean, think or, about or that. With, think think or, about the time the time that Tiger spent running around with mistresses. If Tony Fina spends that with his family, why can't they have the same career? I'm, I'm, I can't answer that without making an inappropriate comment, but it takes a whole lot more time to develop relationships with your wife and with your kids, especially when you, I mean, that's six individual people that you have to develop individual relationships with. 
That's a good point. Versus hooking up with a woman. Like, I think we can all agree which one takes a whole hell of a lot more time and effort. And that's, and, and that is, it's, it's a focus. It's, it's a practice. It's, it's honing your craft and that takes time. And it takes time to be a good father. It takes time to be a good husband. And that is, if, if Tiger took that time to be as good of a husband that he could be, he wouldn't have half the wins that he does because that takes a whole lot of time away from the time that you're able to practice what you need to, to be that good at golf above everyone else in the world. So do I think that Tony Finau can win multiple majors without losing the relationships that he's developed with his family? Yes, I do. Do I think that Tony Finau can completely dominate the whole golfing world for years without giving that up? No, I don't think he can. I guess, and I, and I, I don't guess, think he should. To be very clear, I don't yeah, think he should. No, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you there. I guess my my sort of counterpoint to that is like, I don't think there's an expectation that Tony Finau or anyone else will dominate the golf world the way Tiger did. Like to to me, like the the benchmark, it's almost unfair for it to be Tiger because fields are so deep now, guys are so good now. And like, we're just not going to have someone like Tiger again, at least until multiple generations from now, you know? So to me, it's like, is the benchmark for success? Like I would, I wouldn't say that Rory has been head and shoulders above like everyone in his entire career because he hasn't. He's won four majors, you know, he's won 20 times, 21 times. Right. You know, but like, is a Rory like career realistic for Tony Fino? Yeah, I totally believe that. And if that to me is a more fair benchmark, then I think we can really easily say that Tony can maintain the balance he has in his life and and should, as we both agree on and have that kind of career. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, I think that obviously the, the, the tiger standard is an unfair one to put anyone up against, but again, is I think there are two reasons why we're, never going to see another Tiger Woods. The first is Tiger was able to take advantage of uh, Tiger didn't have to face the kind of competition that Rory has to face today. And I can, we, we, like, we can all admit that without taking away from Tiger's legacy. Like Tiger didn't have to face Rom, Scheffler, Spieth. I mean, I, I'm not even going to try and list all the names because it, it's countless. Any any of any of the top 20 players in the world can dominate any week, and that just hasn't been the case. Right, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of plumbers and firemen when Tiger was winning, right? Well, I mean, it it probably was in the early 1900s, but that's not when Tiger was playing. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiger faced better athletes than you know Jack probably faced. I mean, and and that's just because. You know, as we evolve as humans, we get better and better. And I mean, that's why I kind of think this whole argument of, you know, who's the the greatest of all time is is kind of dumb because it's pretty obvious that as athletes get stronger and as the tools that they're able to use get better, they are going to be better. I mean, that's just kind of how 
the evolution of sports work. Um, so that, I mean, that, that's one reason why we're never going to see someone dominate the way Tiger did is because, I mean, quite frankly, the, the competition is too good to allow that. Second, Tiger had almost sociopathic mentality that allowed him to completely focus on golf that not a lot of people have. Like, I think you can say like Kobe had this about basketball and Kobe, it seems like I'm not an expert on, on Kobe. It seems like he had a better personal life than Tiger, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't Tony Finau level <laughs> personal life. Definitely was not Tony Finau level. <laughs> so, you know, Tony Finau is not, uh, he, he doesn't have the baggage that Tiger does. And that's a good thing. And And I don't think that, you know, this question of, you know, can you be, can you be great and have it all? Like, I just don't think that you can have it all period. Like you have to, it's just part of life. I mean, Drew, when, you know, when you go to work at Wells Fargo, you can't, you know, stay at work for a hundred hours a week and have a fantastic relationship with, you know, friends outside of work that live in, also live in Charlotte because you wouldn't be spending enough time outside of work with those people. I mean, like that, that's just a, a fact and limitation of life. Um, so and I think the same thing goes here for golf. Like it's a, in some ways a zero sum game when you add time to, to golf, you have to take it from somewhere else. Um, so I don't like, you can't have it all. I don't think the goal should be to have it all. I think, that was part of what made the Joel Damon episode so refreshing was that he wasn't trying to have it all. He recognized that like, this is the goal that I have. This is where I think I should be given my skill and the, you know, the effort that I want to make. And I'm content with that. And that's because of, you know, this history of, you know, my relationship with cancer and how that has made me appreciate life and that life is short and that I need to appreciate the relationships that I have with people you know, that made me like Joel more, but I think it's also a, the correct way to a, a, approach, you know, excellence in whatever you're doing is to have this real realistic ex expectation of based on what, what other things I want to do in my life, this is how good I can be at this thing. But anyways, we, we've uh, belabored that point uh, well into the ground. Um, does anyone have any uh, thoughts about the Sahith and, and Mito episode, episode seven? This uh, I thought was an okay episode, but true star of the show is Sahith's dad. I absolutely love Sahith's dad. Uh, I mean, watching him you know, live and die with his son's every shot was just absolutely awesome. And his reaction when Sahith got the bad break on 17 at, at the WM Phoenix open and the ball went in the water and he ended up losing like, man, you know, living and dying with what his son is doing. I thought that was really cool. And the immediate aftermath when Sahith was crying and upset uh, because things hadn't gone his way, like, man, his dad just gave him a hug, telling him he loved him, that he supported him. Like, and what a good, talk about father-son relationships. I'm glad they explored this one um, because this is really so good. And 
you saw it with Finab too. And when Tony's dad talked about it a bit, like there is this element of like Sawhith got into golf, like Tony got into golf and like their parents didn't really know anything about golf. And so I think it's kind of fun to see, like you see Sawhith's dad, like learning to appreciate golf as Sawhith grows up and they kind of trace that story a little bit. And then you see him like be so into golf just because it's what his son does, even as someone who doesn't play golf himself is just such a heartwarming thing. Honestly, for mo- with most of the Mito stuff in this episode, like you, I could sort of take it or leave it. Again, I think the, chron- the chronology hurts it because we already know that Justin Thomas wins the PGA. So again, like Mito's heartbreaking defeat, like watching Mito lose the, P- the, the PGA in person, I felt totally sick for him. I really did. And I didn't get any of that watching this episode because we already was, right? So 100%. honestly, Mito's irrelevant as far as this episode goes. It was refreshing to see someone like Sahith who was like tossing all of his laundry into the machine at once, using a cardboard box as his laundry basket. Like that's stuff I do. I was like, this is great. Like this is a, this is an everyman, right? This is a man of the people. He's mixing whites with colors in his uh, in his laundry, which I definitely have done before. You know, he's using a cardboard box and learning how to live life on his own, which is something I've had to do after graduating college last year. You know, like I found Sahith to be extremely relatable. I'd already liked him. I, you know, will root for him even more now. I love the introduction of his dad. That one little scene of like his eighth grade gym teacher or whatever with like the ghost oh, yeah. shirt. That was really cool too. You know, I, 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 there was a lot of good little personal pieces of Sonic's life. They introduced his family really well, which I think is one of the coolest things. Like, again, I think when you talk about the golfers, like it's important to hone in on their craft and how they get there, which some episodes did a good job of, others did not. Um, but part of it is like you want to see what their lives are like too. And I think by getting to know the family in this case, we got to know a little bit more about Zahid's childhood, his life, the people around him. And man, I thought that was really cool. My one complaint about this episode was I think they kind of undersold how good Zahid was and, and was known to be coming out of college. Like they were kind of like, oh, he's happy to be here. He's like, no one really knows who this guy is. It's like, He's really one of the best NCAA golf players of the last like 20 years. Uh, I mean, Lily was an amazing player for, for Pepperdine. Um, so that was the one part where I was like, okay, that's not, again, they're, they're, they're storytelling, right? They're creating narratives that aren't totally true for the purpose of the show. I get it. But that was like, just not totally true. I mean, he was a pretty highly regarded prospect. So, uh, and anyway, those are some of my notes, but um, I really didn't care about the Mito portion of this episode at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, didn't, didn't I, I really enjoyed Sahith. So those are my thoughts. I think this this episode did great at showing two things. One was with uh, Sahith of showing how hard it is to be good on tour. Because I mean, like I mean, I agree with you, Drew. Like they showed. I mean that that he did very well in college but they didn't show like his true dominance um but you can do that and then you can come on tour you can almost win the waste management open but then a couple weeks later you're sitting at home watching the pga championship like it doesn't matter how well you do in some instances like you can still be at home watching watching a major and you could still play really well and just still not get there um also i thought the mito storyline 
was really neat with Joaquin just to see how international players kind of <clears throat> build their community when they're so far away from home. I just thought that was neat. And um, it didn't surprise me when both of them, both being from Chile, went to the live tour. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just thought it was neat how they built that up even more. I think if you watch golf, you already know that they kind of have that community but it was neat to see that and for them to like get in on that storyline. But, but yeah, I thought that was cool. The, the one point I will make, William, and sort of agree with, I, I did appreciate the way they explored the relationship between Joaquin and, and Mito, particularly in the sense that I had no idea Mito stopped playing golf for a number of years, like in his kind of teen years. Uh, it sounds like he stopped playing like relatively late in the game for a while too. And he was almost like the one who was better than Joaquin I didn't really didn't know who Mito was until like maybe the end of 2021 when he got his you know battlefield promotion from the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour. It's like, oh, who is this guy? I have no idea. But it sounds like if you talk to both of them when they were kids or people around them, like we were supposed to know who Mito was first. Uh, and then he just, you know, we didn't really get a full backstory there, but he didn't play golf for a few years. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, but, but you made a good point. Like it's easier to understand their move to live when you see that other players from Latin America have gone to live and, you know, there are, there are basically two kind of all Latin American slash Spanish teams on live. And they're pretty much all these guys that, you know, are from Spain or from South America or Central America. And you can see, I mean, a little bit with the whole like Mito and Joaquin going to each other's house, you know, during the tournament week and enjoying drinks from Chile, their native country. And, you know, speaking in Spanish with their families, like it makes that jump make a little more sense, I think. Yeah. I, I'll revisit my previous argument that this, uh, this Mito storyline would have been much better if it was packaged with JT winning and also Fitz getting close, but not quite winning. I think that being its own episode would have been really, totally really agree. interesting and totally agree. would have had the suspense, uh, you know, 10 times what it was uh, just watching it the way they, uh, you know, the way they laid it out. Um, I, I do want to, uh, to talk about uh, one thing from this episode. And that was Mito on the 18th tee when he hits his tee shot and it goes into the water and he's kind of disgusted with himself shaking his head and he looks at his caddy and he says, fucked it up on the 18th hole, man. Uh, I, th or I think he said uh, the 72nd hole, the last hole. And at this point he's hit it into the water. But he's going to have to take a drop. He's going to be hitting his third shot up to the green. I think bogey would have gotten him into the playoff. I think, I think he was, he had a one shot lead. So bogey still gets him into the playoff. I mean, it's it's not completely he's not completely out of it at this point. I I, I was just kind of surprised at his reaction. It seemed like he had kind of give, given up at that point. I don't know if if y'all uh, he, he caught did. that or had he, any reaction. He hundred percent. He hundred percent gave up when that happened. I, you could just see it right then. Like he was, and just watching it live, he was so locked in until he did that, and it just just goes back to now. You know, we said it a bunch of times. Some guys have it. Some some guy. 
Some guys can stand on the 18th tee with a one-shot lead in the PGA Championship, hit it the fairway, hit it on the green to pop par and go home with a, with a cup. Me, yeah. Mito and, couldn't. And, and I think this is where – this is one of the, the clear examples where mentality is different than confidence. Yes. Where mentality yes. includes things like focus. Yep. And you could very see that Mito lost his focus – which played itself out in the approach shot to 18, mm -hmm. the chip that he hit over the green, and then the putt that he left like five feet short. I mean, it's very, it was very clear that, I mean, those are he some of the up. mistakes. He gave up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which that, that is part of the mentality that is required of elite golfers. Um, so I don't know. It, that was just a little uh, disheartening to see, you know, his, his comment on the, the 18th tee box, but um, that, that was the only other thing that I had from this episode. Uh, other than the Thigala thing, which Drew mentioned, I 100% agree. I, I didn't, I, I just found this episode completely not compelling, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, Tim totally checked out. He I did check out. I completely. I lost focus on, uh, you know, on the back nine. <laughs> I lost focus. I, 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 hit, I, I hit one in the water on the N18, man. I don't know what to tell you. Caleb, you, you do make an interesting point about it would have been really cool to see Mito's story. Like, Mito himself probably does not deserve, like, a standalone episode. And had he not had the close call to the PGA, he wouldn't have gotten it. That said, a chronological packaging of the fits getting close and then transitioning into the U.S. Open as, like, the full next episode would have worked. To have like a JT, Mito, Fitz, PGA Championship kind of combo episode would have been awesome. So mm -hmm. um, I, I agree. I think just like the the order in which things are packaged would have made a big difference. And and we would have avoided Tim fast forwarding as a hardcore golf fan through half an episode of this show. Yeah, like, right. I mean, like, yeah. seriously. <laughs> I could not yeah. bring myself to watch it, man. Like that's, that's but, kind of tough. But. but that's the cool thing about golf is like you can be – a rookie that has kind of fallen off the face of the earth and then you can have a really good week and everyone's talking about you for a week and then you may not be able to pull it out you know but you may not be able to 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 get the win but people are talking about you enough that you're you're relevant again i mean and then and then you go back like that's just how golf is like think about yeah. danny willett danny willett just mm, happened yeah. to win the masters because he was in the <laughs> yeah. right place at the right time Right. And like he has a green jacket. Good for him because he played well that week and just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And he'll be a master's champion for it. But like, okay, he's still there. Like he makes some cuts and he plays in some tournaments and you see his name in a leaderboard every once in a while. But like, that's it. That's just how golf goes. And I thought it was kind of neat yep. that they gave uh, screen time to people who were like there and gone, you know, and there and gone is in. He almost won one tournament and then he went to live. So, but <laughs> he gone. was there and then he but, was gone. Yeah. But then speak, <laughs> speaking speaking of live though, I thought it was neat though in the eighth episode how you know they gave Rory so much screen time talking about the legacy of golf. But I for golf as a game as a whole, I thought that they had a really neat opportunity here where they had given so many live players time to talk about live they talk about a few of the the live tournaments and netflix 
didn't – I mean, they didn't really show a, a big bias of like, hey, we're going to follow the PGA Tour and not live next year. But I thought they left the door open for, in the eighth episode, someone like who I think would be amazing to see just for the for the um, tension of it. Like, I need a big live tour – uh, supporter like Phil Mickelson to have an episode now to be the antithesis of Rory, you know, of you got a big, you got a big PGA tour guy on a big live guy. You know, I think he, mm-hmm. I think he's due his episode, you know, I, cause they've played both sides of the fence the whole season. I'm ready for the next season to have some big live guys. I could not agree more. And I guess we're kind of transitioning now to this, you know, episode eight with Rory. I was well, wild Drew, before we do. The one one uh, comment that I want to make is that, to your point, Will Zalatoris would have been another excellent add to this whole PGA Championship, almost getting yes. it done, transition to the U.S. Open, where you have two guys, Matt, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris, who both were so close at the PGA and are now battling it out for the U.S. Open. And if you have built up both of those guys over now eight rounds of consecutive episodes, that 18th hole is super dramatic. And I thought that it was not as dramatic and not as compelling as it could have been the way that they uh, presented it. But yes, now let's, let's go to, let's go to episode eight. Sorry. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, you're just one, one point in response to what you just said. And then if you introduce Zalatoris in the mix, because I, I remember seeing something on Twitter somewhere where someone who'd never watched golf before saw this show and they were basically like, okay, Zal Torres almost won this tournament, but like, who is he? And we don't even know who he yeah. is. And that's because they didn't, I mean, he played a serious factor in really those two middle majors of the year in particular. And like, they barely talked about him. So mm-hmm. it would have been cool to include him in there and kind of have the two near misses. And then maybe like they chose to me to focus, and I'll get to the, get to this when I talk about episode eight here, but they chose to focus on probably the least interesting playoff event of this year. Um, because like if you had the Zalator storyline running through the show and then have him winning in the playoff at St. Jude would have been awesome. Obviously Delaware was very important for off the golf course reasons, as far as like the big PJ tour players meeting that tiger came in for. And instead they really only talked about the tour championship, which is like, again, it was really just Scotty Scheffler, like absolutely choking away his, his $15 million, you know? Um, but anyway, my, I was disappointed with episode eight, I think for that reason, but I think also mostly for what you were starting to get out there, William, we literally had, this episode's about Rory, right? Um, I think in a lot of ways, Rory was very limited as far as what he offered, just because he didn't join the season until late on in the year, like Caleb mentioned. So they had less from him. I also got the sense that what Rory was providing in the Netflix documentary was not as honest and open as Rory would normally be in an interview or elsewhere. I I felt like he was a little bit constrained and reserved in a way that he normally isn't. And I felt like he wasn't being his full, not that he was being dishonest or deceitful or any way in any way. I just didn't get the sense that we were totally getting his full true thoughts because we didn't really have access to all of him for the whole year. So I think part of that's just a limitation of time rather than anything Rory said or didn't say. I, I just don't think we really, I, I don't think we got stuff that for any other player would have sat by itself as its own episode, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And I think even with that, 
all of the cool stuff that Rory did and said this year and the important moments in golf he was involved in, they didn't really give their due. Like we had the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. Incredibly consequential tournament just in the history of golf. Obviously, if you go back to our first history of golf podcast, you know why the Open Championship is so important and why St. Andrews is so important. And we had, and we didn't even realize it at the time, Rory McIlroy, who's become like this figurehead in a lot of ways for the PGA Tour this year, going up against Cam Smith, who became one of the live headliners pretty soon after he won the Open Championship. And yet they literally spend like five minutes talking about the British Open. It's all you get. And there's no exploration of kind of you know, the underlying tension and excitement of that week. Would Rory break the major drought? How is he going to break the major drought while being this spokesperson for the PGA Tour against Liv? Like none of that was captured whatsoever. And again, I know he wasn't yeah. fully participating in the show at that point in time, but there are so many ways they could have shown that and then didn't and only showed the most boring playoff event there was of the three I, this year. I 100% agree with you, Drew. I right. So I know you, you guys, you know, you guys said earlier that Jordan speaks to your favorite golfer. Rory is by far my favorite golfer. I love Rory. I love watching him play. I love everything about him. I was so sad with this episode because I, I think him winning the tour championship was like the third most consequential thing that just Rory did last year, right? Like 100%. Yeah. Like the first is, I, I think last year was this consequential coming of age moment for Rory where like, I don't think there's any debate that Rory right now is like the steward of the PGA tour, right? That got passed down from, you know, Tiger. And, you know, like, I think it's, it's truly like Rory is like the figurehead of the tour right now. He might not be the world number one. He might not be winning every week. doesn't matter. He's like the, the pseudo spokesperson for the tour. And that transition really happened last year. And they could have done so much talking about that and like his come up until now and like how all that developed. And then the second biggest thing is, as you mentioned, him losing, you know, the, the, the British, that was like horrible for me as a Rory fan. And then the third would be like, yeah, he won the tour championship. Yes. It's a lot of money, but there's so much other stuff you guys could have talked well, about. That would have been yeah, cool. I, I mean, today at work, you know, I was working on stuff and I could kind of put a podcast in the background and I was listening to the broadcast on the open radio, the final round of the open, just to remind myself of what that was like. And again, like I was rooting for Rory too. Again, I'm, I'm probably not as big Rory fan as you are, but I still like him. And I was definitely pulling from that day. And I remember being disappointed when, when Cam Smith mm. won. And I, man, listening to that, going through hole by hole, you know, slowly realizing that Rory was never going to make the putts, like the putts just weren't going to go in. Man, like that—that that hurt. You know, I it see your sucked. reaction, Tim. Like that was, it it was no, like it was it, painful, right? Because it was the closest he'd been in so long, and it was his best opportunity in so long, and he didn't get it done. And they didn't explore the heartbreak of that and how that fits into his role as the PJ Tour spokesperson. But then, like Williams said, what you're missing too, and maybe one of the reasons they couldn't explore this beyond Rory just not being as available to the show at that point in time, was the fact that you have no live player to kind of counteract that and create that story, that, that, that th thread line all the way throughout the episode. So if you got Cam Smith to be part of the show and had him, man, you could have four Rock episodes about yeah. the Open Championship, right? You know, because you'd have this, like, this very clear through line, and instead they just ignored it and felt like felt like an ad for the PGA Tour this last episode, which I was not... I agree. I did not want it to be like that. And, like, focusing, you know, 65% of the episode only on the Tour Championship... And the $15 million payout, 
I don't know. Like I was really disappointed in this episode because I had high hopes for it and I thought it was going to make the best one and it was one of my least favorite. So I don't know. I don't know if you guys, Caleb, I feel like you have thought, I know you're a big Rory guy and I'm sure you have thoughts as well. Well, I, I'm primarily a Spieth guy and then a Scheffler guy. <laughs> I, like, I like Rory. But you are, you I'm like not, Rory. You like, you trust yeah, Rory. I, I, a Bryson guy and then a Rory. Hey, that's a Bry- <laughs> Bryson guy, Spieth He's guy, still Scheffler doing guy, his Rory math guy. on the live tour. He's just counting yeah. his money as well. As the shots. <laughs> Caleb's a big Crushers guy. Caleb, no, I, 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 ordered I, you a, Caleb, I ordered you a Crushers pullover for your birthday. So it should be arriving in the mail soon. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, too bad you didn't realize that I actually got the iron heads. But Bryson's your guy. He's the captain of the Crushers, so you got to stick with your guy. You know. Oh, okay. I, unless, I, I, unless I haven't, Kevin, I haven't unless, seen this, so I wouldn't know. Unless Kevin Na is uh, your new guy, he's the captain of the Ironheads. So. I can't find my ball. It doesn't mean it's lost. Yeah. It, I actually liked Kevin Na. Uh, I thought he was interesting. I, I would be interesting, more uh, interesting to see him walking in some some putts on the PJ Tour and, and I agree. I agree. pissing some people off. Um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to like really dislike this episode because I think there are a lot of interesting things in here. I, I mean, Rory starting his week with a quad, already starting from a few shots behind Scotty and then coming back to win, I think is actually really interesting. Um, you know, especially if the Tour Championship is supposed to mean a whole lot and. I mean, that's a whole other podcast or two uh, talking about the tour championship itself and and what it means and like what it actually is. Um, But I mean, I I do agree that there was a lot that felt like, man, like what could have been with this episode? I think similar feelings to the whole Spieth and JT episode. Um, But there's, there's not a whole lot to point out and be like, man, they, they, they shouldn't have put that in there or they shouldn't have put this in there. Um, more just kind of disappointment and like, yeah, like what, what could have been with this episode? There was a whole lot of good content, uh, you know, throughout the whole season with Rory that I think they really could have told the story of the burden that he took on as, as being the really like almost the de facto player commissioner role and, and kind of explored how that, impacted his his golf and i think counter to just about every conventional wisdom it seemed like that improved his golf which Mm -hmm. is you know i mean it's that is counter to everything that we've been saying so far of how you only have a certain amount of time and if you devote you know time to other things than practicing golf then your golf is going to suffer um and it, it it seemed like rory devoted you know a larger portion of his time this year to helping the tour develop a vision for what it's going to look like in the future. And yet his, this was the best year that he had in quite a while and especially in the majors. So, you know, there was a lot there that, that could have been presented. Um, I I think a Phil episode next year would be really interesting. Um, Again, I, I don't, I'm not sure how much, willing participation you're going to get. I think that's part of the the problem that setting the seasons up like this uh, results in is like, you know, when you ask these guys about their personal life, it's hard to get them to open up. <clears throat> but 
you know, when you ask them about their golf game, like this whole, you know, CBS stroll thing that they've started doing where they're talking with guys as they're playing a hole and talking about the strategy and what shots they're going to hit, what club they're going to use. Oh, you know, your caddy, you're almost going to swing. And then your caddy told you to step away. Like, why did he do that? Like, that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And they can talk about their craft and make it really interesting for a long time. Um, so I think it, this is getting more into just back into season long uh, reactions, but I think that was part of the disappointment is like, you know, there is how much are you really going to get from these guys? Cause that's, that's it. If you're going to set it up, like we're going to do individual episodes focusing and highlighting these players, you're entirely at the mercy of how much content that they're going to give you and how much they're going to open up. Yeah. You know, Caleb, I think highlighting the CBS stroll thing is interesting because, you know, we went through the whole Tony Fino episode and almost there was almost no mention of Colin Morikawa, the other player in that episode. And I think it's because he added so little value from like a personal life perspective and kind of like intriguing storyline perspective, other than this fake, he's the next tiger narrative that Netflix just made up for him. Like and he himself. Yeah. The right. olive pants. Oh, the olive pants and the white. I agree with him. I wouldn't wear olive pants to that orange shirt. I don't know where what Adidas was thinking with that, but regardless, <laughs> uh, I don't think he really added a lot, but then he was on CBS stroll at Riviera a few weeks ago. And I couldn't get enough of what he was saying and talking about the strategy on the 10th hole. You know, and so I, I I think he's a perfect example of what you're talking about um, as far as like, okay, we need people on the show that are going to open up or if they're not going to open up, we need to turn the attention to their craft, which I know we talked about all the way back in the first episode. It's like, I wanted that from JT and Jordan a little bit more. So, yeah. And, and I think to, to wrap up this, this whole conversation, um, I, th I think this whole series was a, a, a big success success. Uh, you know, you might not think that uh, after listening to our uh, almost three hours of of picking apart our, our little qualms with it, um, but I think for the for the person who has never watched golf, doesn't follow a whole lot of golf, created a lot of compelling storylines, created a lot of context for watching the PGA Tour this year. Um, and, and made golf more interesting, which I mean, I'm, I'm happy about. And even though there are a lot of different things in here that I know aren't for me, and maybe I'm a little, uh, frustrated that, uh, we spent a whole year being excited about, man, that they picked this year to make a Netflix show about the PGA tour and to be a little bit, uh, underwhelmed by the result. If they released eight, eight more episodes, I would probably watch them all in one day, uh, which yeah. I did. I, I watched all eight episodes in, in the first day that they came out, um, which which goes to show you, you know, with all of the the, the little criticisms that we had, how, how good of a product that it actually was. Um, I think for me, one of the hopes for, for next season is maybe to tell the story of, of the season rather than individual players, especially – you know, if, if we can't get these guys to to open up about their personal lives as much as we hope, you know, maybe we can focus on the golf and, and make the golf the focus 
And and hopefully that will make the the series more interesting, the players more interesting because they'll be talking about something that they're you know experts in. And then also make golf more interesting, which I think is the whole goal of the series and 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 the whole goal of, of this podcast as well. Um so I think we're we're about out of time. That that is a a, a wrap on on our uh, a summary of the Netflix full swing series. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us for uh, all all of uh, three parts of, of this uh, breakdown that we've been been going through. Uh, we're happy to have you have you join us, uh, Drew. Why don't you tell us uh, about our next episode? We'll be talking about uh, the Masters coming up. That's right. Yeah. So similar to what we did with the Players Championship. Uh, this year, we're also going to have that for the Masters, which is our next tournament on the course preview stream. So like we did for the players, we're going to have a course and tournament history episode coming first for the Masters, uh, followed up by an actual course preview, uh, which our hope this time is given the familiarity with Augusta National on Caleb and I's part, as well as on most golf fans' part. We can make that one a little bit more conversational as well. So that should be fun. Uh, and then we'll have a part three where we're going to you know, sort of talk through the current topics of the day at the time and uh and we'll kind of continue our fantasy game and make our next round of picks uh like we did this time for the players so looking forward to exploring the history of the masters coming up next and uh there's some great stuff there we, we touched on it in our history podcast but uh we're, we're excited to do a deep dive on uh on the history of augusta national and the masters because it is it's pretty cool so looking forward to having everyone on board uh william tim thank you guys so much for joining us uh Great to have your insights. Great to have a few more golfers in the room who love about the game, love the game the way we do, and uh, really enjoyed getting your perspective on the show. Thanks for having Appreciate us. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, and and thank you for for listening. Uh, please give us a rate and review. We really appreciate that. It helps us get our podcast out to more people. Uh, subscribe so that you get alerts for whenever we are posting new podcasts. Uh, uh, surprise podcasts like this one as well as all of our scheduled episodes be sure to give us a follow on twitter at all aboard golf for all the updates uh, we'll be tweeting throughout the tournaments that we are previewing um, we, we've been tweeting through the players and and we'll be following the masters as well giving some insights uh, as the tournament progresses and our our uh, website is linked on our twitter bio as well uh, please, we, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your, your feedback and your comments and your questions. There's a contact us page on our website. Uh, but for now, that's that's all from, from us for this episode. Thanks so much for listening and catch us the next time we hop on board.